Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're so glad to have you here. We are the podcast about crappy audiobooks and their crappy movie accompaniments. I'm your host, Alex. Joining me tonight, as always, are my good friends. First, Chris, now back in Seattle. Welcome back, Chris. Thanks. It's it's great to be back here on the on the podcast, Waves. It's excellent to have you. And, of course, uh, in California, we have Ezra. You do not get a city. You are just a state. How are you doing, Ez? I'm doing great. And it's a all right state to be in. We are talking about The Notebook. This is the second half of the audiobook. Next week, if you'd like to watch the movie with us, we're going to be watching that and discussing it. We don't recommend it, as you've seen the movie, right? Yeah, I just there is no one who would who would like to watch the movie with us. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one who would benefit from sitting through this movie. No, it's just the worst. As always, we should start today with the first half of our compliment sandwich, and I will begin, give you guys a chance to think of something. I was not emotionally involved, but I was sexually involved at one point. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was my compliment, too. (laughs) There's plenty of other things about the sex to talk about, Um, but there was sex, and that makes up for so much emotionlessness. if, If in Twilight they had boned once, I think it would have made everything else feel okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I got one. Go ahead. One of the sections, our old friend, old Noah, <laughs> is uh, he like his arm starts tingling and like goes numb, and I was like, "Oh, he's having a stroke," and then he says, "I'm having a stroke." <laughs> <laughs> How come your compliments to the book always sound like compliments to you? Well, I just I liked the the um, <laughs> that it accurately portrayed <laughs> the symptoms of a stroke, so that I could diagnose it before he said it himself. <laughs> I want to get into the the old people thing in a little bit, but first my compliment when when they come in from the rain, that epic scene in the rain where it's raining really hard and she can see his muscles. She comes in and what she needs to do is drink during the daytime, <laughs> and I admire that in a woman. I admire the <laughs> no, screw it. It's early afternoon, and I know you've got bourbon around. Let's do this. <laughs> she was getting ready to put on her infidelity pants, and she thought a stiff drink would help her along. That was a really good part. As soon as she took that drink, I knew, all right, she's planning on doing something she'll regret later. Somebody's getting slutty. Uh, (laughs) Exactly as we had called for her to do. Yeah. I have a a blow-by-blow in, like, five lines the entire book, if, if I can. I am ready. Ezra, summarize for us, please. Okay. Section one. I'm old. Section two. Noah and Allie are perfect. They really loved each other. Then they meet up and bone a billion times. Who will Allie choose? <laughs> Section three. I'm old and Allie is forgetful. Maybe she'll remember me. I do like hanging around her. Section four. She remembers and then she forgets and then I have a stroke. Section five. She remembers me long enough to put out and scene. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. Let's break that down. So in section two... They do bone a million times. Yeah. Well, for, within the course of maybe 18 hours, right? Yeah. I mean, But as described, if we are led to believe in their sexuality, which was, shocker, as flawless as their love for each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, plus, I mean, she's had, like, what, 12 years, 13 years of, like, you know, 
pent-up sexual energy? In the story, she describes... I mean, the, the basic plot arc of them is they got together when they were children and and boned and then didn't see each other for 15 years and then got back together and neither of them had grown up emotionally at all. <laughs> and no, not a lick. She, and she hadn't grown up sexually, although presumably had reached her peak. <laughs> but then he had practiced on an older woman... It was like the perfect sexual education for the two of them. And their sex is so good, we get a recast of it when they're 90. <laughs> yeah. And that's the climax of the, of the book. <laughs> there is some, the, the, sex, the sex is described just like I would imagine an old person would write about sex. Let's listen to that now. Even through the rain... She could hear him breathing hard, and the sound aroused her sexually in a way she hadn't felt in years. As he was tying the canoe, he looked up at Allie. She was incredibly beautiful as she waited, watching him, completely comfortable in the rain, and he could see the outline of her breasts as they pressed through the fabric of the dress that clung tightly to her body. He felt his loins begin to stir, and quickly turned away, embarrassed, muttering to himself, glad the rain muffled any sound of it. There are loins involved. I've had a lot of sex, and I've never had loins involved, as far as I know. <laughs> loins are, are such a non-sexual item. <laughs> Isn't that the equivalent of, like, a hock? Or, like, some other, like, part of, like, your musculature? Yeah, I just know <laughs> pork loins and stuff. I, I... <laughs> no, and I, the only, I know my mom has loins. Oh no, no, no! I mean, I, that's that's the thing that I'm saying. I've heard that I came from her loins. Okay. So I assumed loins were were really far recessed lady bits. It's like a it's like a drive-through window of the uterus. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just give kind of a plot overview for the people who haven't been reading this book? Because we're kind of jumping around to parts. Why don't you give us a more a more helpful summary than Ezra's <laughs> mostly joking summary? Okay, sure. So in the first half of the book, we started with a frame device with our two main characters as old people in a retirement home. And he was reading to her the story of how they got back together. And then we get the first part of that story where she visits him in his old country house. She's engaged, unfortunately, uh, but they still against their better judgment, decide to hang out more. The second half of the book starts with them hanging out more. She comes back the second day after they don't spend the night, and they go on a little canoe trip where it starts to rain, and they see some birds, and on the way back, it's really big thunderstorm, and her, you know everybody gets wet and horny, and they go, and they bone like there's no tomorrow. And, uh, and so she has to make a choice. Does she choose the really hot guy that she feels the old emotional connection for? Or does she choose safe and secure and rich? That is sort of left a little bit mysterious uh, in this section. And then they go back and they're old people again. And you find out that she chose Noah, of course. We also found out in this section that I was right. And indeed, it was Noah reading the notebook to his elderly Allison wife. Yeah. And actually, Ezra, you had a great slip in the what you said last week, because I had I had made that prediction, and you said I'm not going to say if that's true or not. But if it is him reading to her, and she has Alzheimer's, then and we hadn't talked about Alzheimer's. Oh, really? As soon as I heard that, I went, "Well, thank you, Ezra. I guess I was right." <laughs> Since we were talking about that plot device, I would like to use that plot device now uh, in our podcast. I have some fun games and things I want to play for you now that have some joy Ooh. in them. 
I'm very excited. At the end of that, I'm really angry at this book. Okay. Really angry, and I really hated it. So, are you are you going to give us a taste of why you're angry first, or do you want us to play the game? I am very upset at the folksiness of the story, the anti-intellectualism, the ooh yes, the, the magic. The whole thing is so stupid and frustrating. But before that, let's play the notebook game with you guys. Do 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 do. It's the notebook game. Yeah. So here's how the notebook game works. I'm gonna play you a clip, and then I'll pause it, and then you have to guess what happened two seconds before this description. <laughs> we'll start with the first one. She was reminded of how the early explorers must have looked when they'd first discovered this area. <laughs> <laughs> Chris that would be the coonskin cap that Noah has uh, collected fresh from raccoons they have killed <laughs> Ezra Ezra please her vagina <laughs> okay, let's listen to the whole clip his shirt was unbuttoned at the top and she could see his chest muscles flex with every stroke his sleeves were rolled up too and she could see the muscles in his arms bulging slightly she was reminded of how the early explorers must have looked when they'd first discovered this area. Oh, <laughs> there may or may not be, have been a coonskin cap previous to that, but just <laughs> looking at his, at his chest made her think of pilgrims. And I'm going to give Chris, I'm going to give you one point for that, and as oh, I'm going to give on. you zero points, I apologize. There was no me. vagina whatsoever in that. Do-do-do, do-do-do. It's the notebook game. Yeah. All right, it's time for round two. I'm going to play the first half of the clip and then pause it. You tell me what was just described. And it reminded her of how people used to live long ago, naturally, like Noah. What reminds her of how people used to live in a natural way? Pubes. Chris. Uh, (laughs) I I was going to say pubes, but instead I'll say how he makes his own soap from nothing but lye and pork fat from a branch. Ezra, do you have a guess? All right, I was going to say pubes, and I'm still going to say pubes. (laughs) Okay, let's listen to the whole thing. She didn't want a shower after being in the rain. She liked the soft feeling on her skin, and it reminded her of how people used to live long ago, naturally, like Noah. (laughs) It was was, rain. It was a rain shower. uh, She has, Um, Allison has this bizarre fetish with hunter-gatherers. (laughs) <laughs> and she keeps wanting, and and Noah is that guy. Noah is her hunter-gatherer guy for her to... Maybe she's looking for a strapping I, I think that's absolutely <laughs> what she's looking for. Are you guys ready for round three? Ready. Chris is absolutely. still winning. Uh, as I'm going to give you a half a point for that, for sticking your, for your gun with pubes, because her pubes may have been rained on, whereas there's no soap involved. <laughs> so it's now one point to a half a point. Do-do-do! Do-do-do! It's the notebook game! Yeah! Round three, let's hear it. Allowing him to take her wherever he wanted, to the place she was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is an easy one. What place did Noah take her to? Pleasure Please. Town? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. He did this until she couldn't take it anymore, and when they finally joined as one, she cried aloud and pressed her fingers hard into his back, allowing him to take her wherever he wanted, to the place she was meant to be. Nick Sparks describes everything the same way. <laughs> everything. These totally ambiguous statements are applied throughout the book about a million times. I, and so I agree. I think what I was picking up on that I why it would which inspired me to create the game was how he had these bizarre folksy analogies 
that really didn't tell us anything about what was actually going on. Yeah, could be but, anything, and he uses them often. It's really annoying. You both get three points for that, so Chris, you are st- still leading four points to three and a half, as let's see if you can make a comeback in round four. I can do it. Do-do-do, do-do-do. It's the notebook game. Yeah. Empty as a junked stovepipe. Somebody oh, ring in. tricky. Oh, man. Ez, I heard your buzzer first. It's going to be uh, Noah's testicles after sex. Ooh, Noah's testicles. Chris, what do you think? I'm going to say Noah's bank account after Allie starts shopping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, testicle and bank account. Let's hear the answer. But inside I was afraid. I was a hollow man with nothing to offer, empty as a junked stovepipe. That so inadequately covers the emotions of having your wife get diagnosed with Alzheimer's. You feel like a stovepipe? The fuck is that? Yeah, how do I know what stovepipe feels like? I think I get half credit. <laughs> okay, which is closer to a stovepipe and your wife being sick? Is it, is, it the, uh, is it shopping or is it testicles? Testicles. Testicles. I think I'm going to have to award a half a point to Ezra for this, which makes the score 4-4 four to four going into the final round. Do-do-do! Do-do-do! It's the notebook game! Yeah! For at that moment, the world is full of wonder. You should recognize it. Chris? Uh, it is uh, sex. <laughs> Chris is going to go with sex again. Ezra? I'm going to go with um, Allie remembering Noah. Ooh, this is going to be a tough call. So what that? So here's the actual line. She murmurs softly, "Oh Noah, I've missed you. Another miracle, the greatest of all. And there's no way I can stop the tears as we begin to slip toward heaven itself. For at that moment, the world is full of wonder as I feel her fingers reach for the buttons on my shirt and slowly." Ever so slowly, she begins to undo them, one by one. Oh, point, Chris. So, well, Chris, you said sex, but Ezra said remembering when she was sick, remembering that he was Noah. And, in fact, both of those were going on. Uh, This this is ultra unsatisfying. I hate ties. Chris, I'm going to have to give you the win. Damn. Yes. Because you're closer to me in miles. What? Hey! <laughs> Stupid tie break. <laughs> Sorry, I uh, I randomly selected a tie break, and that was what I I selected out of my head. And uh, Chris wins. I'm sorry, as you will not be this week's champion. Please try again next week. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> oh, Nicholas Sparks. Do 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 do. It's the Notebook Game. Yeah. So, Alex, before we started this game, you said you were very angry at this and you wanted to loop back into why you were angry. You guys did a great job last week of talking about why the plot isn't working out and why the characters are boring. But I kept getting frustrated this week that the situations, like the situation that made them fall in love again, was so 
overly easy that even though she was she was engaged but had no trouble telling him off apparently and it felt like a hard decision for five minutes but then we see nothing of the repercussions i mean she talks about how it's going to be very difficult to like she's running away from all her friends but it just works out and that is so frustrating for me i want something to happen thing external and then the thing that really bugs me alzheimer's gets her takes away memory and personality and then she has magical alzheimer's she has yeah, Alzheimer's that, can that no scientist has ever seen before, that because she loves him so deeply, she can remember him from time to time. Well, that's the thing, though. Um, I, I think you got it exactly what I hate so much about this book, is that it's insulting. It's a very simple book, and insultingly so. Everything is just made just so. He makes it so easy that it's not worth your time. And I think... Maybe that's the best gift we can give our readers in this podcast is explaining, you know, being kind of funny about it, but explaining why this book is not worth their time <laughs> at all. So you're saying their best gift that we have is uh, preachiness. Yeah, I think it's, it's a real <laughs> gift. No, I, I just I had a great image, Chris, that you gave me when you said, like, you know, how it's it's just so easy. My image was uh, one of those real sex dolls. But then I realized <laughs> that, like, that's what they both are. So it's just two real <laughs> sex dolls together. It's two sex dolls humping. Where's the motion? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, I feel like that's that's it. All the work is done for you, and they're just you know two perfect bodies that are having sex forever, forward and backwards in time. You can't stop it. They're they're just so insipid that they can be immortal. <laughs> <laughs> what you just said really reminded me of Twilight. Is eternally insipid and in love. <laughs> I, that is a that is a perfect way to describe both of these people for different reasons, but equally magical reasons. <laughs> one of them is that they're vampires with no vampiric traits whatsoever, <laughs> and the other one is that they're stupid. They're so southern they can beat science. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we said before that Bella was pretty much too clumsy to live in Twilight, and I'd mm-hmm. say these two characters are too stupid to die. <laughs> <laughs> You can't kill them. It's impossible. (laughs) They won't believe you that they're dead. (laughs) That's another parallel with with Twilight that I wanted to bring up was there was a scene where he watched her sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. When she's in the nursing home, he goes in and he watches her sleep. And he hides creepy notes under her pillow. Yeah. Do ladies actually like being watched when they're sleeping? (laughs) In my experience, the answer is no. Well, I mean, if they if they find out, then you messed up. <laughs> well, this is a great this is a great area of study. Please write us in at podcasts at read weep dot com. Let us know as a girl if you like being watched while you're sleeping. <laughs> Does that make you feel more secure if you know somebody very masculine is watching you sleep? I mean, obviously, I'm not saying watched by strangers. It's by someone who you love for no apparent reason. <laughs> who might be a vampire or might be having a stroke. <laughs> someone who either drinks blood or has problems circulating it. <laughs> wow. I'm not saying we're going to send somebody to your, to your house to watch you sleep if you say yes. I mean, this can be harmless investigative fun, but I am curious if anybody... What about you guys? Would you like if a hot girl was standing in the corner of your room watching you sleep? The standing is kind of a freaky out thing. Like, you <laughs> know, like I think that's that's really the issue. Like, you know, in bed next to me, like, you know, awake, that's okay. That's fine. 
But like the standing over me or like you know, in a chair, like twirling thumbs, like you know, waiting until I wake up and say like, ah, I see you're with us. <laughs> <laughs> I think this, the context is a great point. Yeah, because what if she's just really turned on by you sleeping? And like you knew that while you were sleeping, she was just... If she's turned on by you being unconscious, <laughs> that's not healthy. Yeah, that will not end well. <laughs> <laughs> that ends with a cudgel. <laughs> if you guys have been together for a long time, as they had in this story, and you're in the hospital or something, and she's been watching you while, you, like, hoping you'd wake up and be alive, like that's, I think that's very sweet. And like you said, as if you're in, if you're lying in bed together, and you just had to wake up earlier for work that day than she did, so you fall asleep first, and she just kind of looks at you. That's totally cute. But if I don't know that she's coming over, like if I go to sleep alone, <laughs> and then she enters the room after I've fallen asleep, if she's anything below an eight and a half, I think I would have a problem with that. I'm going to say there's no actual number. I think she'd have to be an 11 just to, to count up, because you know, she gets like a, a four-point crazy penalty. <laughs> I got one more segment that I, I just, just a, a brief Briefy. Let's do let's do your yeah. brief segment and then we'll do some compliments. As what do you got left? How about this? The Twilight Notebook. <laughs> okay, so we get like a mashup between the two. <laughs> so um it starts Can we call it the Twibook. The Twibook? <laughs> the note light? <laughs> okay, so yeah, no, it starts with, with a really disoriented, like an you know, old uh, Bella about to die <laughs> being beaten up. <laughs> <laughs> um, then it cuts to um, you know a story you know being read about you know when she and uh, Edward first met right, and then they have sex a whole bunch of times, <laughs> but they like you know they, it turns out they live forever and like find each other you know like you know in the past and 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 the future and they're like always going to be together, and then then he uh, he bites her and she bleeds to death and she forgets about <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what as you get older that platelet count just becomes more crucial yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while or while he's having his stroke she jumps on him bites him and sucks the blood clot right out of him <laughs> oh, that's man. a little gross for some reason the thought of sucking blood as a vampire wasn't gross but if it's chunky I mean, I, like I can't handle chunky like cream of wheat. I, let alone if it was blood chunks. Oh, that's oh, let's not think uh. about this. <laughs> I think we're about done with the notebook. I feel a little better. I was really angry for a while, and you guys have definitely lightened my mood. So I'm ready to give one more compliment to it, and then be done. Who would like to start with the last compliment of the notebook? The book. I got one. Please, as Noah is uh, is trying to sneak past like the the nurse to to get some on his anniversary. Mm-hmm. All right, his 49th anniversary, and uh, she's like, "Now, Noah, I can't do that. I'll get in trouble. Uh, I have to go get a cup of coffee. Yeah. If if you go by, you know, I won't notice. But I gotta go now. And I, I like the I like the wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing. Of course, you know, Nicholas Sparks then ruins it by saying, yes. "Oh, but she did have a full cup of coffee <laughs> on the table. That did kill it for me." But Nicholas Sparks um, drives his points home with like a spiked dildo. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Why do Why do you always uh, You always have to sexualize that, don't you? Sorry, with a golden spike of obviousity. It's kind of phallic when you describe it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, do you have one more compliment? Yeah, I do. Um, as much as we have the, uh, you know, I don't want to call her an ingenue, but I mean, Allie is kind of the the almost characterless uh, woman and the ideal southern 
guy. You know, her her boyfriend at the start of the book is is a lawyer who is not a smarmy bastard. And yes. I fully expected him to be smarmy and quite the bastard. I, so he I turned agree. out okay. He turned out decent. Um, and hopefully, I mean, my biggest compliment is that I can probably imagine him being happy with another girl later on. And he's hmm. certainly rich enough to. Yeah. So, uh, you know, well played, Nicholas Sparks. It's well played. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a good one. I, yeah. For my compliment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back into our archives and I'm going to steal a compliment from one of the early Twilight podcasts, which is, I think Nicholas Sparks really knows his audience. <laughs> the whole time I was listening to it, I kept thinking, I bet my grandparents would love this book. I picture my grandparents going, you kids and your love stories today, they always move so fast. Why do you got to go so fast? Take your time and enjoy life. And that's what and that's what Nicholas Sparks did is he took a lot of my time. All right. Thank you everybody for listening to uh, Read It and Weep. We have now finished three full projects. I believe next week we're going to be watching no- The Notebook, the movie. Please don't watch watch along with us Uh, my guess is it's going to be bad but uh, if you do we'll be watching and discussing the entirety of the movie so be ready for that next Monday-ish late Monday hopefully you know I'm actually a little excited because I like both of the the romantic lead actors I really like Ryan Gosling from Half Nelson and I really like Rachel McAdams from Slings and Arrows and Mean Girls so (laughs) it's definitely it's not worse than the book it's definitely an improvement (laughs) okay but I just I yeah, so like I was wrong to say that it was the worst thing that's ever happened. Because <laughs> then you read the book. Because I read the book. It's def- It's like blows the book away, no question. Anyway, that's that's been our podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you for joining me, Chris. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And Ezra, thank you for being here. I I hate this hour of my life. The hour where we talk. No, sorry. I would say that again. I love this hour, and I hate everything that allowed me to be in this hour. But I love you guys, so hey, thanks for talking to me about this. You guys are awesome. Thanks for being here. We'll see you all next week. Enjoy. Thanks for checking out this episode of Read It and Weep. You can find more episodes on our website, readweep.com. That's read-weep.com. And you can send us feedback at our email address. It's podcasts at readweep.com.